Take the money and run. Coming here with a brand new Stir the Pod podcast show. I'm your host, Trevor, and tonight we are joined by Andy. Andy, how are you doing tonight? What up, what up? And we're also joined by Alex. Alex, how are you doing tonight? Yo, yo, yo. And we are here with the episode four recap show. And let me tell you, this episode was actually pretty solid. I'm not going to lie. It was very... Up and down, I thought, in the beginning. It kind of started out slow, but I thought we made stride towards the end. We had a lot of controversy, a lot of picks, a big alliance up in the air. But, uh, boys, what did you guys think? I felt like this is one of those where every step of the way, every step of the episode was pretty good. Like, you had something interesting going on. Um, This was the first, you know, the big storyline of the season has been vets versus rookies, and tonight was – when we saw that crack finally, you know, come into play. Um, so like that in it's in and of itself as a storyline. I thought the challenge was interesting. I thought the elimination um, itself was just okay, but everything around it with like the selection and then afterwards was, you know, made it more entertaining. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think pretty good episode, about as good as you can ask for, for an episode four, I would say. Andy, what are you thinking? Challenge is fucking back. Cool. Challenge is back. I was locked in the whole episode. This is now, in my mind, the fourth good episode in a row. I'm all in. Like This felt like a challenge episode from like six, seven years ago. Like It, it, just, it was a very, very good episode, and this is the fourth in a row. Tic-tac, no, no, connect four, four in a row. You know, I just, you know... I do think it was a good episode tonight. I'm just always thinking, when are we going to hit that point in the season? And like you said, Andy, connect four, four in a row. You know, keep the streak hot and let's just keep riding it. You know, and I think tonight was really big because if if the rookies just went in against like another rookie team, I don't know how much of an impact it would have had. But the fact that we got kind of like – the alliance between the vets kind of up in the air now. I think that really jazzed up tonight's episode. And I, I don't know if you guys want to agree with that or disagree. I think that was a major part of why I enjoyed it a lot, and especially because it's early on in the season, you know, episode four, you know, by, if I look at my watch, we basically have what 34 more episodes. So, you know, it's, it's good to see the alliance break early with that. So. Yeah, no, completely agree. Cause I feel like we left the last week's recap at a point of like, you know, we've episode three was good. We've had three good episodes and we kind of left it at like the, you know, there hasn't, the vets haven't gone against each other yet, but we can kind of see it crumbling a little bit. And then tonight was where it like actually fell apart. And like, like you said, like if they would have voted in two rookies, we would have probably been talking the same way we did last week. Like, yeah, it was a good episode, but nothing really like has changed yet. Now it's changed. Now the dynamic of the game is different. And so that even gives us like, I would think that like next episode, just because, you know, now that now that Pandora's box has been open that next week and the next few weeks would be good, too. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. 
Um, so let me slide in real quick, Andy. I think, like you said, the whole Pandora's box. Now we have a whole nother storyline that's out in the air. You know, we've been kind of hinting at it. When is this move going to be made? And honestly, I'm surprised it came this early. I'm su very surprised. And uh, Andy, I don't know if you want to touch on that or where you were going, um, what direction you were heading at. No, I mean, pretty spot on with what you guys are saying. But I, I'm more so thinking like, We've had four good episodes so far this season. And now, to your point, Trev, this could be where it kind of plateaus and we get a couple average episodes. That ain't going to happen. With all the moves that happened this week, we are good for at least another like three solid episodes. And then we're getting close to half the season has been very good, and then it starts getting ready for the end game. But I, I think – I think we're going to be in for a couple good episodes to follow after this. Yeah, so let's just dive right into the episode recap. We got the we got the good old crew back with us tonight. I see a, a new person, Austin from Periscope. Love to see it. Mikey the Doctor back. Aaliyah Hope. Uh, OK Squid has been joining us this season. And one of the OGs, uh, Jesse Adams, love to, love to see in that uh, as well. And, you know, Jesse, I do want to uh, point out, I love your comment about uh, Andy on Twitter the other day. Uh, it was a very fine. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, Jesse, put it in the chat. Would you say? Yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, the higher level guys will understand. So let's just dive right into the episode. And you know, the episode starts out. And I mean, Alex, I think like, did they copy this from you or like? I mean, you picked up on it early, or I think they were listening to us early last season, and then they were like, "Oh, you know the the." The, the producers, I picture them like in a board meeting and they're like, hey, the guys over at Sir the Pod talk about how a few for a few episodes we kind of edited it, you know, not even on purpose, but we edited it so that the elimination winners were walking in first. And so now that they're talking about it, now that they got their live chat talking about it, we just got to chop it up that way every time. So, yeah, I mean, this we're probably going to go, I would say, this whole season again with the elimination winners walking through the door for us. So next week it'll be – uh, Amber and Huey, we can expect to see them on our screens first. Absolutely. So the next little thing we had was the whole Big T and Logan thing. And Alex, wh what did you think about that whole scenario? Yeah, I feel like before the um, before we got to the challenge, it was just like the classic, you know, people scheming and whatnot. And I feel like the only thing of note that happened before the challenge, because I feel like we get that kind of stuff every episode. I feel like the only interesting thing was – Big T and Logan kind of, you know, going to the cabana and, you know, flirting and whatnot. And my, my take on these two on big Logan is that these are just like the two most, like, like they're two nice people. Like I, I like big T this Logan guy seems like a nice guy and whatnot, but like you can just tell that it's just like a classic fucking you're trapped in a house. You're trying to get any attention you can. I don't think we're going to be surprised if three months from now we hear that Big T and Logan didn't last. <laughs> I mean, how many? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The longest challenge relationship right now. I don't think we've talked about that in a while. I feel like that's got to be Jenna and Zach. Probably. Yeah. Right. We're not bringing this up. All right, so like Alex said, nothing really big happened in the beginning. Uh, and then we go over to the challenge. Overall thoughts on this challenge. Did you guys like it? The whole, you know, walkie-talkie aspect, hanging above water, all that, you know, eliminating teams. Yes, no. Chat, what would you guys think? 
Andy, I'll start with you on this one. What was your opinion of it? So I, I, I really enjoyed the challenge. I think it could have been just a little bit better, though. I, I really liked it. I thought it was a, like I love the concept. This was just a classic challenge, hanging on some sort of contraption over water, having to communicate, having to solve like a very like six-year-old level puzzle. Like it was, it was a very solid challenge. Challenge. Now, with that being said, I think if I were to change it, and I would, I would make it where you have to have two strikes against you in order to drop from the contraption. That was my biggest thing that I didn't really like because all it took was one. So not only did it like show all of your cards right out of the gate, but it also takes people out of the, uh, of the challenge way too quickly. Like if, if, if you're on bad blood with somebody, you're done. Like that's it. Yeah. And like, I get it where like, if you're on black, bad blood with a lot of people, you're really putting target on your back. And if you get like two strikes against you, you can drop. I'm okay with that, but only taking one, it just, I didn't like it. I, I think I would have, I think there were three total puzzles they had to get. So you could drop one person, drop another, and then drop everyone. I think it would have been best if they added like a fourth puzzle, maybe even a fifth. I don't know how, you know, the numbers would work out. We'll get the stats department on it. But I would have added another puzzle or two and make it where you have to get two strikes in order to drop. Well, I, and I feel like in the past, that's what they typically have done. Too. And I'm surprised that they haven't just stick to the, the same plan like that. Because, you know, if you have a hit list on somebody, they're gone right away if you beat them, like, head-to-head. -head. So I think it's pointless. You know, I like when, you know, it's three or four strikes. Let, let's say three strikes, you're, obviously you're out. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Alex, what was your opinion? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought it was a good challenge, but I think it, it, it felt like it was too good to go that quick, as quick yeah. as it went on the show. Um, because every everybody only had one strike essentially, and what it did in a weird way was it almost like if you're a bad team or if you were a team that got targeted early, let's say you know nothing happened to you tonight. Like for example, Nani and, and Gabo, like they were safe and they got eliminated early. They like didn't have to do anything. Like they didn't have to show their cards to anybody else. Um, like in a weird way, like if you got knocked off first before you could even pull off somebody else, like you're makes you even like safer in a way. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I thought it, I thought they could have done a better job. Like, I feel like usually when we have a challenge like this, where you can take out people, it's easier to like tell on TV what's going on. I feel like this, this, this thing tonight, just cause everybody's like hanging from the air. They all kind of look the same. So when yeah. someone's dropping, you can't really tell a difference. And when you pull a lever, you don't know whose name that is. Um, but overall, I like the idea of it. And I like that, like, if they would have done two or three strikes, I think it would have made sense to do them just all at once. But because they did it only one strike, I did like the fact that they split everybody up into two heats. Yeah. So looking at the first heat, you know, obviously attacking the rookies as early as possible and then kind of a free-for-all after. Uh, and then Josh and Amber went. Uh, a good win for them. Uh, and then we go to the second heat. And what the hell happened in the second heat? It, I mean, like, just chaos. Andy, what was your take on the, the second heat? I, I mean, chaos is a good way to put it. I mean, that, and that's where it's like having one strike. You just have too much power, like, in a challenge. Like, a challenge should be about who can complete the challenge the fastest, the best, 
It shouldn't be about what alliances lie where or like who's out for who. Lo and behold, one of the tightest alliances turned their backs on each other. And again, all it took was one in order to bring that whole thing down. And we found out later in the episode, maybe that's not the case. And we'll get into that. But the move that Kyle made by throwing his like little pod or whatever on Devin, that was it. That's all it took. No one else had to come in and say, okay, Devin's got one. I'll just throw a second on him. All it took was one. So it's like, it kind of goes back to what I what I'd said earlier, but at the same time, second heat was just bananas because, and throughout all the confessionals, it was Devin talking about this is what the plan is. The vets are all like in unison, like singing the same song, and then his number one turned his back on him. Yeah, and we don't. We'll get into if it was you know on purpose or heat of the moment or whatever, but that's where it was just like. After that happened, it was just, oh, God, what's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of the first ruffle of the night. And Alex, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, I just want to make sure that, like, I understand because I wasn't, I didn't know if I followed it completely what exactly the plan was for the second heat. Because what I saw was they said all six or seven teams, however many there were going in the second heat, there was no rookie, rookie teams. Everybody, every team had a vet on it, at least one vet. And so they basically said, we're just going to play it out and whoever's winning, let them don't pull for them because hopefully they'll beat whoever, who at the first heat time, that was the plan, right? Yes, correct. And that was what Devin had outlined to, to us. I don't know if that was to the rest of the, the teams, but you're spot on because what it came down to is the winner of heat one and the winner of heat two, whoever had the fastest time won it all. So yeah. Devin slash the rookie slash maybe nobody said if we have a a vet not a team of vets but just a vet who is doing well don't dump them down because that could let heat one win it let's make sure heat two wins it because that gives the veteran alliance control correct so 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 i think i have two things that i i'm skeptical about why this plan made the most sense or why i guess it makes sense but why like it needed to be a plan and the first question is, like, they, they, they're they obviously the second heat. We saw that tonight. And they were going after a team that won the first heat that was two vets. Yeah. Like, so I, I feel like if, you know, let's say Corey Michelle won the first heat, then it's like you almost, like, panic if you're Devin, Kyle, the, all the vets in the second heat. And you say, like, okay, whoever's winning, don't fucking touch them. Let them beat Corey Michelle's time. But not only do you have a vet win the first heat, you have one of the very few – double that teams win the first heat and Josh and Amber. So like, I get the idea of the plan. I don't think there really needed to be one or like needed to be like enforced so strongly or anything um, because of who won the first heat. And then I also don't understand why Devin was so mad about it because it was almost like he was saying he was mad about it because Kyle is his number one ally. But the whole point of the plan was to throw out any alliances and just say, okay, whoever's in first place. And maybe that was Devin. I don't, we couldn't really tell. It might have been. But it was kind of like you're saying don't worry about any alliances. Just let whoever's in first win. And then Devin was like, oh, I'm mad because you're my number one. It was just kind of all over the place, I think. Well, and, and here's where my thoughts are. I mean, you're, you're right. You're totally right. And what what – I think Devin was trying to do because he seemed to be the one behind this whole so-called plan 
And you're right. Like if Devin was in last place and he got thrown in, guess what? That was your plan. Yeah. But I think the reason for him trying to concoct this plan was to try to reinforce just the overall vet alliance. Because well, he's the one saying, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we have to follow. And if people follow it, then not only is the vet alliance strong, he's kind of one of the shot callers. Like not necessarily like one of the strongest competitors, but if he's the one making the plans for the vets and they follow it, he's now the one that it's like, all right, Devin, what are we going to do? Well, let me go this route with you. How do you let Fezzi and Esther win? Like, I mean, you know his track history. You know there's a potential of him throwing Amber in. Why would you not try to take him out right away? Because realistically, any of the other vets in that heat doesn't have much beef with anybody. And I don't think anybody else, I mean, we say this now, but who would have pulled a trigger on another vet at that time? Fezzi, I mean, they were foreshadowing at the episode before that. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like letting him slide by and not just knocking him out right away was dumb. Yeah, and and I think what really made Kyle's decision of basically going against Devin even like more confusing was the fact that like when it happened on on TV tonight, you saw like Fezzi scream down to Kyle and say like no, we're building up trust, like don't do this, don't pull my name. And then Kyle kind of panicked and pulled Kyle, or pulled Devin's name and then they kind of cut the commercial. And then they came back and they showed, I was under the assumption that it was those three teams left, like Devin and Emmy, Kyle and Amanda, Fezzi and Esther. But then they come back and they show Anissa hanging up there like the pig roast still. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like Fezzi was yelling at you to not pull him. You don't have to pull him. You don't have to pull Devin. Fucking send Anissa down there. Get a big splash going. And then you're good. You don't have to make anybody upset. Like that was the part. At first, I thought it was just those three teams left. And then I saw her hanging up there. And I was just like, like that makes even less sense on Kyle's part. Did you see her? I didn't even see her at the elimination tonight. Was she still hanging? <laughs> She's in so, from last season. like I said, Fezzi Esther uh, win and they win it all. Um, and yeah, we go back to the house, and you know, then we have the whole drama with Kyle. What the hell's going on with that? You know, is Kyle? You, you know, and I think we look at it. It. And, you know, Alex, you kind of hinted at it. Is Kyle really a snake or was he just playing the game like kind of, you know, it was kind of a spur of the moment thing or what do you, what do you guys think? And chat, I would love to uh, uh, hear from you guys as well. I mean, that that's the thing with Kyle is over the past years, he gets dubbed as this like snake. But I don't think he's ever really been that big of a snake. Well, what, let's go this. Let me go this route with you. What other what what's the biggest snake move he's done? If I'm being honest, it's nothing I can really remember that is that big. That's like completely changed the course of a game. Like you know, you look at you know the Sarah move, like that really affected a game harshly. What has he done? You know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, and that in and of itself proves that I don't really think he's that big of a snake. Yeah, and in in the way the other vets were talking almost made it seem like like I felt like I was crazy for not remembering what happened, but like because Corey and, and Nelly T and all those guys were like, he does this at like what you know, how how can you be surprised at this point? It's like Kyle is one of the most like I don't want to necessarily necessarily say like 
loyal, even though I think he is, but like, he's just like kind of along for the riot every season. Like he's never really in the position of power to even be pulling off like a move like that. Like he doesn't win. Most most of the time, what you want to clarify him being a snake as is more of him just trying to save his ass in this, in this scenario. So if it's like the final six people, it's like, yo, Hey, don't vote for me. Vote for the, like he might be in alliance with someone else and him saying, Hey, vote for this person. Which is, I mean, what else are you supposed to do in that scenario? Say, okay, just vote me in. Like, you're not going to say that, so. Yeah, but here's the thing that's tricky, and Alex alluded to this too. There were other teams. Like, if you're not going to vote, if you're still going to, like, honor this whole plan and everything, like, that's fine. But, like, I, I'm, I've am i always been under the impression that if you've got a number one, they are your number one. And we saw the whole, what do they call themselves, dial – like Kevin and Kyle were a very, like very clear, both each other's number one. So if you're going to like, quote unquote, burn of like vote essentially, like in that type of scenario, why not do it to someone who literally like doesn't matter and that you have no ties to. So that's where I think he messed up. And, and again, I don't view that as being a snake. I view that as just being an idiot. And let's not overlook. I love Kyle. I think he's a great guy, but he's an idiot. Sounds like he's an idiot. All right, so we have that whole drama, and then we go to the club. And um, honestly, did anything happen at the club? I mean, I feel like that was like just filler's time. I don't think anything really happened. Uh, no, it gave, it gave, me, gave me snowblow vibes. God. Yeah, I, I feel like, like you said, I think the best way to describe this part of the episode was filler time. Um, I think from the start of this recap, we said we all kind of liked the episode. I would say maybe B plus a, a minus range. But I think if you would have had like a fight in the club or like some, you know, crazy like thing going on there, I think that would have bumped it up a couple notches. Andy? The only thing that did come of the club was Coriel pulling Fezzi aside and requesting Huey. That did happen and that did end up impacting the rest of the game. But aside from that, there there wasn't anything. And no one was looking that bad. So it's like, all right, come on. Well, your girl Gabby's not on this season. God, no. Which might have something to do with Jesse Adams in his tweet. But, you know, Andy doesn't pay attention to that stuff. So I couldn't. So what, what do we think is going to last longer, Big T and Logan or Jeremiah and Amber? Ooh. Basically, whoever gets eliminated first. Yes, right? whoever gets eliminated because they're never talking to each other again. So realistically, with those four, it could be anyone. Any of those four could be gone in a heartbeat. That's awesome. God. All right. Well, I'm trying to find that tweet for Andy. I'm going to send it to him right now. But after that we have the deliberation and i mean it's not really surprising who God, it's not really surprising who gets voted in alex you want to hop in well so this kind of just plays into the the cory michelle like kind of everybody in the house knows that they're going to be the house vote one thing that just kind of uh, confused me pissed me off the whole episode was just how much like i think especially cory um kind of michelle but mainly Corey was talking about how like they've gone in every time they're always getting voted in and like acting as if like we're on episode eight we've had we're on episode four we've had three eliminations Corey 
has gone into one single elimination this season. Michelle has gone into one elimination this season. Like, I get it. Those two have been, like, talked about a lot as being, like, options and whatnot. But those two haven't gone in as much as they, like, made it seem. And it was just kind of, like, pissing me off all night. Was anybody else feeling that? Yes. I, I totally agree with you. It's not too early. It's it's not late enough for a rookie to be complaining about going in. Hell, Mandy and Wes, how many times did they go in? And granted, that was with like some alliances. It wasn't just a, you know, keep let's keep throwing in the rookies. But at the same time, what other rookie rookie teams were available? Were there any? I don't think so. No, they were the only rookie rookie team. Yeah. So is so it? What are, you, so okay. what are you bitching about? Like, sorry, it sucks, but you're both rookies. I know you've already proven yourselves, and other rookies haven't. But guess what? They're tied to vets, and those vets are tied to alliances. Like, suck it up. That's just how. Like, sorry, you got dealt a shitty hand. Deal with it. Don't go play this. Oh, poor me, poor me card. Welcome to the challenge. Well, well said. <laughs> So surprise, surprise, they get thrown thrown in. What did we think about just Huey's in that in that situation, Alex? Well, so, so Huey kind of made an ass of himself all night, but like it's kind of started in the deliberation um, when he basically, I think what he did was he told Ashley and the whole house all at once that he, in the last voting round, voted for himself and Ashley which he had never revealed to Ashley, like it was a burn vote and all of that. Um, and obviously like Ashley was pissed, like she should have been, um, you know, for you to have like a rookie partner, you're kind of trusting him as much as you can. And then he's not even like being truthful about their vote. And when Huey was basically like revealed that information as in, I think like as an attempt to say that he wasn't going for Corey or wasn't going for any of the other rookies, which, which didn't really make sense. It didn't help him at all, obviously, because he got voted in anyway. Um, but around this time was when you really, I think, saw Huey start to just panic in general. Well, I think the biggest thing is, if you're a rookie in this game, keep your mouth shut. Like, I don't know why they just go blaring out to everyone, you know, what they did. and Like, just shut the hell up. Just try to, you know, I mean, hell, we literally have a segment called Radar Watch. Flying under the radar. Why are they not doing that? Why try to make as much noise as possible? Oh, my God. It just. You want to know why CT is the threat that he is? Because no one's fucking talking about CT. Uh, the only time CT got mentioned tonight was when Devin was talking with Josh and said, neither of us want to face CT in, in the final. And you're right. But when has CT's name ever been mentioned? Hasn't. And guess what? Aside from, I think, episode one in last season, he was in the same boat. He knows how to play this game. Even as a, like, 35-year vet, he still shuts his mouth, lets everyone else talk themselves into some shit, and then he ends up winning the final. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up tonight to kind of both of your points in terms of, like, Right now, you're seeing the target on basically anybody who's making noise. And CT is making the least noise out of anybody. And, like, like is he playing 
the best political game we've seen in years simply by doing absolutely nothing. Absolutely. But, and at the at the same time, though, like even though he's not saying anything, like are are Corey and and Kyle and Fezzy this fucking stupid? Like we're four episodes deep, and CT, like you said, hasn't even gotten like considered to be voted in oh. or anything. Do they not know who CT is? And, and that's why I said in the previous uh, preview show, I was nervous. If he just stays, if he just keeps his mouth shut for the next twelve episodes, this might be the easiest final championship. Do it all again, easily. I mean, like this is all he has to do. I mean, these idiots are just banging each other. You know, they're fighting each other for no reason. For whatever reason, it seems like the only time CT is always under the radar and under the microscope is when Bananas is on the season because Bananas is smart enough to realize. Hey, we got this big, bad Boston motherfucker that we got to deal with at some point in time. We need to get rid of him now. No one else realizes that. The only person who like kind of called him out last year was Fezzi. And that was strictly because Fezzi was trying to compensate for something. I'm not going to say anything, but something. And like he just approached it in such a wrong way by going up to him in the igloo as opposed to trying to rally numbers and send them home. Like that's what's so stupid about all these idiots that are new. They've got one of the best, if not if not the best challenger ever on their season, and no one is saying shit about it. Yeah, I, I think the last person to actually call him out was it was that triple, it was like a tri- double elimination. It was three guys. It was it, it was his name. He was a Brazilian, Allen or something. He was a rookie. Was uh, it Allen? Uh, JP. Classic. I had no idea his name. In the sand, remember, he's like, I want to take a legend on. And he yeah. pointed to him and he took, I mean, they both lost him and, uh, wasn't it Kyle who won that? Yeah, Kyle beat both of them. Yeah, Kyle Good beat man. JP and uh, CT. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you think about it, like, from the start of the game, the rookies have been the target, so they're always kind of in the conversation. And by now, four episodes in, like we've seen, you know, Josh and Fezzi are all over the place. Devin's talking in deliberation. You know, Kyle kind of did some stuff tonight. Like, Ashley's loud. Like, everybody is just making noise. Nelson's hooking up with Bertha. Like, everybody's doing stuff while CT is literally just sitting in the corner thinking to himself, like, I'm going to fucking win my fifth, sixth ring, whatever it is at this point. No, You're spot on. And, and we talked about this. I, I brought this up before, like for the next couple episodes. Now is when the vets are going to start turning on each other. And the way the dominoes are going to fall, all the big brother people are going to start taking out each other. People are going to start targeting them. Same with um, Kyle and Devin. Like CT's name isn't going to get brought up for another like six episodes. Like even brought up, which is crazy. It's going to be the final six people and they're going to realize, oh, wait, we got to deal with this guy. But here's the thing on the flip side of that. And Mikey, the doctor, just wrote it there. Without a skull twist, CT will never see an elimination. And I said that in the preview, sh- uh, in the preview show. Nobody's going to call him down because they know the effects of that. CT will go down if he's forced to go down. And this season, there's no you know force. So he might as well just sit in the back of the room. He's, he's literally that senior in the back of the classroom that's just like kind of like dicking around and he doesn't care you know probably in spanish for the third time and he's just just not caring so but i don't know 
I, I think he's flying on the radar and might be a little spoiler to, you know, maybe one of our radar watches, but it's almost, it's almost like, it's almost like we need like a separate, like CT watch every episode. Yeah, it's like, like, where is, where is he he doing? Where is, where's CT's altitude? Is he to airplane level or is he like, you know, he's about to land? Like he's that low. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. So we talked about Corey and Michelle, they get voted in. Uh, and then we go to the elimination. And the elimination, um, you know, first we have the guy vote. And I don't think it was surprising after how the deliberation went. Huey gets voted in. No surprise there. And then we have the good old battle between the big brothers, Josh and Fezzi, who are boys, just just screaming at each other about, you know, Fezzi's vote for Amber. And, like, I think this was the first ever time I've ever seen TJ literally just like start like are you guys done like 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 that was ridiculous <laughs> like oh my god um what did you guys think about that whole uh, voting process I mean obviously we, we kind of knew Huey was going in and then you know Fezzi kind of dropping the ball uh the bomb and voting Amber in dot 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 well so <sighs> I've got a question. Blow me. Did anyone see a tear from Josh? Because I don't think Josh can get that fired up without crying. How do you spell fired up? F you. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it I saw. Looked a pretty tear. cold outside, so the tears might have dried up as they were getting formed little icicles coming down yeah well and here's here's the thing go ahead i i think i actually think josh handled it pretty nicely because josh could have hear me out josh could have just like been like what are you like internally like what are you doing you're an idiot you're fucking me over you're throwing in my partner i want to be with her you're ruining the alliance like he could internalize all of that but what he did by having his little five-year-old tantrum is he put everyone against Fezzi. Like he didn't just say like, I'm done with this alliance. You're no longer my number one. He said, everyone is against you. I am being vocal about it. I'm telling you, this is not what needs to happen for like the big brother alliance for the entire vet alliance. Like you are screwing everyone over here. And he was so vocal about it and screaming and maybe crying that he put no pressure on himself and all of the pressure on Fezzi. Yeah, it was it was a ballsy move. And, you know, obviously being friends, I can't believe he did that. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we, we tend to not give Josh props, but is that just like a, a little golf clap for him, Andy, would you say? I think that I think that's fair. But it looked like Alex did not agree with me. I'd love to hear his thoughts. No, I, I think – I'm struggling to kind of decide how I feel about everything that Josh did. Cause I think your point is valid in like what he did was like basically put all the focus on Fezzi. Like this, like let everybody know, like this is the guy, this is the vet who's kind of breaking this truce that we've had for a month now. But I, I, if I could give Josh enough credit for his intelligence to think that that was what he was intending to do, then maybe that's a good move. But what I think it would more so was, was just like impulse. 
And why I think that makes, if that is true, why I think that might be a bad move was just the fact that like step-by-step step walking through that elimination and what happened is, you know, Fessy, they were voted time to vote in a girl. Fessy says, you know, I, I have my list, blah, blah, blah. He's giving the speech. And Josh, at that point, Josh or anybody should know that Fezzi has his mind made up. Like you're the smartest man I've ever met. You made, had his mind made up 10 minutes ago. Like, and you're not going to change his mind by making some big scene. So just shut up, deal with it after tell Fezzi you're pissed. Tell Amber, you have her back. Let, let all the vets know. So I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, if Josh, if we knew before this episode that Josh was a smart guy and like a calculated guy, then that would make sense. But because we kind of know him as like the goof, it kind of just made the, all of this seem like it was the goof just going nuts. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So you think Fezzi's next move is just to tell Joss to like tread lightly or something? Or like, what do you think he does from here? Yeah. Like he's just exposed at this point. How is he going to save his ass now? Were, Were you guys, were you guys surprised by Amber? Cause this was, or by Fezzi voting in Amber. Cause just in general for the episode, this was the point where I think I bumped the episode up a few grades. Cause like, I was, oh. I was kind of expecting to come back from commercial and Fezzi be like, I'm going to vote in uh, or some other girl. And then Absolutely. when he came and said, I'm voting in Amber. It's like, okay, this oh. is a good episode. The house is divided now. Like, let's see what we got. And, and I think, you know, we kind of hinted at it earlier. It's the first vet on vet crime. And we like reasonable crime, I would say, an elimination crime compared to the whole Kyle Devin situation we talked about earlier. That literally affects the game a lot. So, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, I think he pulled the trigger too soon. Like we said, you, you're not trying to piss people off episode four. There's 35 fucking episodes or whatever it is. Like, take your time, make your move at the right time. Was to, You really think, you see the elimination, you really think Amber is going to lose the two rookies in an elimination? I would I would rather take that shot against, you know, if it's like Ashley in an elimination versus her or something like that. You know, take your shot during then. Like, let the rookies, you know, get eliminated and go from there. Well, here's the thing, Trev, that this P-Brain 6-4 tight end can't fucking register. He's probably thinking if I don't, if like this is the time where I do have the power to take a shot. Like this is where he actually holds a loaded gun and he can point it at anyone. And instead of pointing it at anyone else, he pointed at the one person. He was literally like a bull seeing red. And he thought he was pointing a gun at Amber, but in reality, he was fucking pointing at his own head because he's a fucking pea brain idiot. And like, just like going back to everything that transpired here, like Josh had his his numbers, his real like true numbers were Casey, Amber, and I'm not saying B, even though they kept saying it this whole episode, and that pissed me off. And Fezzi, those were his three numbers. By him dropping Fezzi, he gained so much trust from Corey Nelson. Devin, Kyle, like all of these other vets, like Josh took all like the majority of his eggs from the big brother Alliance and put them in the vet Alliance. And now he has numbers. So like, again, like Josh isn't quite like a pea brain. He's like maybe like a walnut brain. 
So like, I don't know if he realized that's what was happening or not, but that's what happened. Like Josh now has the numbers of the Alliance, not just big brother and all targets are on Fezzi now. And like, I, again, like Fezzi is just such a mental midget of all of this where like he's, he's, he's just an idiot. He's an idiot. It's not, and you know, the chat's saying I'm petty and I'm this and I'm that. I'm not petty. This is a stupid move. He's an idiot. And like he screwed himself. Like we will see that. And I guarantee you, especially after this move, again, in the fourth episode, I can say with confidence, Fezzi will not win this season. Wow. <laughs> this, this move right here is why Fezzi was last on my power rankings of vets. Yeah, it's wow. it's it's never never good when you pull pull off a big quote unquote power move only to piss off the people who were closest to you. Like you pull off a power move to take in to take out to take out your biggest enemy, not your best, you know, meatball friend. Absolutely. So we go to the actual elimination itself now. What do we think about this elimination? It was kind of like an odd one. I don't think we've ever seen kind of anything. I can't think of anything similar to this that we've seen kind of, you know, hands are tied going through the pipes and stuff. I, I don't know. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. It was all right. Uh, it gave me like Mario vibes for whatever reason of like Mario party mini game or something. I, I, I don't know. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. I also, I had the same exact thought while watching it. It reminded me of a Mario party game. Um, I, yeah, I think this was maybe the elimination itself, what the competition was, might have been one of the weak points of the episode. I don't think it was terrible. I think it was just a classic, like, example of the challenge doing this shit for 30 years and they're just thinking of stuff. Um, I think it was something where there's, like, when you blow the horn and start, there's never a second where you don't feel pressure. Like, it's a quick race and – you also have like visibility to the other team the entire time. You can see how they're doing. Um, and just like something where it's like where you're working not only by yourself, but with your partner and something that like seems so simple, like, okay, jump over this thing or like move your arm here, but it's not just because of how everybody's oriented. I feel like it's something that I feel like one of the goals in eliminations with these producers is just like to frustrate the contestants. And I feel like this was a prime example of that. Um, I thought what? it was okay. I think they made it pretty interesting. Like, I think there's a chance that if you play this elimination 10 times with any two teams, some teams might blow each other out. But I think this one pretty close. It was pretty entertaining. Um, I think – tell me what you guys think. But I feel like going into this, I would say Corey and Michelle were probably favorites. Not heavy favorites just because it. when looking at it – like before it even started, when looking at it, you could tell it's kind of fluky. But I think my the main reason why I didn't think that Huey and Ash or Huey and Amber could win was did, had those two ever talked to each other before? Huey and no, Amber. I don't think so. But I mean, then again, you look out on the flip side: is who won last year? CT and Amber. Did they ever That's talk? True. That's true. So I thought the one takeaway that I have from the elimination, and then I'll let Andy go, is how about the trash talking during the actual elimination? I bulge at that. I don't think I've ever seen from the challenge, literally besides I'm, – I'm trying to think of – I think it was what uh, – the ruins with Katie flicking – or what was that? Was that like – it was Sarah versus Katie, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the ruins? Am I right on that? Just clarifying. 
with the ropes and they're tied. They're, they're, they're holding the rings versus each other. They swing. Yeah, they swing. Oh, they, yeah, yeah. yeah, and she, you know, they're flicking each other off and stuff like that. I don't think I can remember the last time. I mean, literally during the elimination, like screaming at each other. Like, hell, Corey literally stopped for like three seconds to like, he like, stop fucking yelling. Like, he's like looking at him. It's like, go, dude. Like, just, I, th- I thought that was pretty good. So, Andy, what, what, what do you think? So here's here's my biggest frustration, and it's it'll be my frustration for the rest of the season, I think. I don't like the fact that people can get voted down individually, but then have to work together in an elimination. I don't like that. Because this whole challenge, to Alex's point, like this was a communication challenge where you and your partner have to be like, locked in in unison and if it's someone who you've been together for four whole episodes that's totally fine like that makes sense to have a communication type of elimination but to have two people who literally have never said anything to each other like be tied at the wrists like that just seems i don't like it i just don't like that yeah And, and I think if I were to change and I would change the elimination in general, I would have it be guy versus guy, girl versus girl. Because when they when the align or agency, when the agency votes people, they vote one guy and one girl. They don't vote a team. So like the fact that you break it up like that, I think you have to have eliminations where it's guy guy, girl, girl. And then the two winning team, the winning guy, winning girl can come together and make the same decision of do we want to be partners or do we want to pick someone else? But like it just really rubbed me the wrong way that Amber and Huey were forced, like their fate was in each other's hands, which like neither of them ever asked for and like or ever could have planned for. So that's just like. This episode really hammered that in for me where like, I just don't, I really don't like that, but that's just how it is. And we got to roll with it. But to the same point of CT and Amber winning it all as brand new partners, it's something you got to do on the challenge. You got to be able to adapt to people. You got to be able to like work well as a team. And this showcases that. So I, it's, I, I get it, but I just think it's a bit unfair, but yeah, the only thing that's fair is love worn challenges. So yeah, the the one more thing I want to bring up with uh, the elimination is um, Huey just dropping the key. I, I see OK Squid writing it in the chat, and I, I did want to talk about that for a hot sec. How do you drop the key during the the elimination, and then you do? I don't even know what I want to call that move to get the key, which was one of the ballsiest moves I think I've ever seen with like half split reach across. They do the little cut scene with Kyle. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I would have to say about that. Um, but anything else. And then I guess from that, I guess Huey and uh, Amber B obviously um, pick up the dub um, down goes Michelle and Corey. Uh, rest in peace to Andy's heart. Um, and then we just have the classic shakeup of teams. And God, I'm trying to remember now. So we had. I just, I just want to bring up one quick thing before we get to the teams. Is do you guys think this was the most frustrated 
that TJ's been going back to his little camp or his villa while he's on set filming the challenge in a while. And what I mean by that is like, what we've heard from, you know, different things is like basically when TJ is hosting a challenge is like he has his own place and they just tell him like, okay, it's challenge time. Go out there for a couple hours, do this elimination, whatever. And he goes into the elimination you, and he, you know, he's just trying to run things, like get everybody going. And Josh is, you know, in Fezzi's face. How could you do this? And he's like, shut up. Like, tell me who the fuck you're voting for. And then, so it's like, all right, fine. we have the four people run the elimination. And then uh, Corey and Huey are just going at it, you know, in each other's face, pushing each other. And like, he even had that little, you know, spiel at the end of like, you know, the woman, the women in the challenge, like won and lost with grace and blah, blah, blah. And so do you think like TJ, like, I would say, do you think he's coming after that and just pouring up a stiff drink? But I don't think TJ drinks any alcohol or does anything. And so, but like the question is, do you think TJ leaves that elimination just like more exhausted than like he's ever been like with a, with a filming, you know, stint there? I would say that's probably the second worst moment that I've seen of TJ. And, you know, if I ever get the chance to meet TJ, I would ask him this during invasion of the champs, how planned was that with him just walking in just perfect timing when they just stopped for like five seconds or they literally stopped for like five minutes after, you know, putting the beat, it was putting the beads on, right. The little thing or whatever. <laughs> and then it's like, you know, CT's basically like his hands caught in the cookie jar, just caught red handed. TJ just comes. What the fuck is going on? Like literally just perfect. Um, well, yeah. To Alex's point, they, they probably dropped them off on invasion at like the scene, hey, tell these people this is what they got to do. Okay, great. And then the second he did that, they probably took him right back to where he was staying. He had probably just gotten home, maybe even jumped into bed. And they said, "Hey, Tej, we need you." It's like it's you like an RA getting called in college, just the wake up call. Just oh my man. god. It's almost like getting a call from a drunk guy a state away to try to get him off a porch or something. But we'll get into that. So like we said. Uh, um, the, the team switch up. Yes, the team switch up. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, we had Huey. He chose – God, I'm trying to remember now. I mean, we are just all over the place. Huey chose Nani, which was an – oh, we lost Andy. Huey chose Nani. Interesting pick. Then we had Amber B choose Devin. Uh, and then with that, because of that move, what happened? We had the two rookies now become a team. Yeah. And, and kind of go ahead. And they kind of ended on that as like Gabo and Emmy are now starting starting the episode tonight, Michelle and Corey were the only rookie rookie team, and they're both obviously gone, and they've been now replaced by another rookie rookie team and so it's like in a weird well in a weird way like amber they kind of played it up it's like emmy and gabo are like the main target like they're the rookie rookie team now but the the whole theme of the episode was that the vet alliance is kind of crumbling oh yeah i mean it's it's it'll, i mean it's it's very similar to the whole bananas laurel thing i believe that was what war of the worlds one two was that Bananas and Laurel. When Laurel lost to Ninja and how they kind of oh. – Laurel, Laurel took a shot at somebody. I forget who it was. And that was kind of 
Paul right. went in, then Bananas went in, and then I think Wes went in too. It was like yeah. back to back to back. It was kind of a, a stretch. So, uh, so yeah, interesting stuff. And yeah, I mean that was basically our episode. Uh, so let's just dive into some segments. And our first segment of tonight, and I see people, you know. I see the chat going off about it all the time. And uh, I mean, we're obviously going to do it now. We last season, we did uh, who's Corey's partner. I mean, we, we have to do who's Devin's partner at this point. I mean, has he had four partners from the start of the game Four episodes? No, he must have three, four. Let, let, let's work backwards. So, because I think we're probably, like you said, we're probably going to keep this as a segment going forward. Wait, 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 wait. Well, first off, who is Corey's partner right now? Or Devin's partner? Uh, Amber. Okay. Amber. <laughs> so we got Amber. His partner before that was? Emmy. 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 Okay. Before Emmy. Michelle. Was Michelle? Yes, Michelle. Yes. And, and then, then before there was Michelle else. was somebody else. Yes. So he said four people. Um, Jesus Christ. Four Michelle. Wow. Tori. Was it Tori? Oh yeah, he was with Tori. Or was that last Wait, season? Wait. No, what? Jesse put it in there, and I think I think I think he's yeah. right. Tori. But Tori wasn't his first. Has he had five? Is he on num- partner number five? Tracy, Tracy? I need her somebody Tracy? else. Because think about it. We're we're four episodes deep. So episode one, he yeah, had too. we'll just say partner A. And yeah, then at the end of episode one, he got picked, partner B. At the end of the next I mean, I think he's I think he's got five partners. So he, let I me think, go this route with you. Over under ten and a half partners by him the entire season. I would go because- because the, the scenario comes, once the vets start turning on him, do you really want to grab him? I don't know. Love by you says Tori was never his partner. I I think and now I'm starting now I'm starting to dope. Now I'm starting to say so he's lost the sauce. Here's how I here's how I think Devin happened on the challenge. First episode he's partnered with Tracy. Who's Tracy? I don't I don't know. I don't know, but it's Tracy. Michelle wins the first elimination. She gets to pick. That's when she picks Devin. Emmy wins the next elimination. That's when she picks Devin. So it's now Tracy, Michelle, Emmy. And then Emmy was his Amber. partner tonight. And then Amber's now with him. So I think, we're, I think I mean, that's still a good ratio for episodes. Yeah, ten and a half is still a good line. I mean, we have 34 episodes. So that's why I was thinking, you know. Corey got up to, I think it was eight or maybe even nine partners last year. I think it was more. So, okay. And I, I want to bring up in kind of in our next segment, too, uh, just to check on our betting lines and stuff. Has Corey brought up his kids once? And has Josh cried? Are two so big Corey's, Corey's kids have got brought up, and Dad. they got brought up today, but not by, by Devin. Oh, so so how how do we want to rule that? I think I think the point of it was it was we made we're giving Corey shit for always bringing it up. So I think Agreed. we kind of got to honor that. God. Oh, but wasn't one of them? What was the pregnancy one? Because Kyle did say that he's got a kid on the way. 
but no one on the challenge is pregnant that we know of. Yeah, my my, my pregnancy prop, I think was it was one occurrence. It was 0.5 over under, but I think it was mainly if somebody leaves the challenge because either they're pregnant or they have a significant other that's pregnant and they have to go. God. Okay. So that was an update on our props, which leads us straight into Radar Watch. And I kind of hinted at my Radar Watch before. Corey. Is Corey on the season? You know, I think he's kind of slid under the radar. No airtime. Has not mentioned his kids. What the hell is going on? He's. I thought he was supposed to be like the post one of the poster childs of the challenge right now. And, you know, what's going on? It's a good pick. Andy, he's, Alex. he's usually he's usually the guy that's like has six six confessionals an episode, and he's always like kind of in the middle of the road, just like narrating, doing all this stuff, uh, talking about his kids, and he's just doing none of that right now. No, because all the drama is somewhere else. I'm absolutely shocked how he has not. I don't know. He has not been seen. It's crazy. I was, you know. The fact that this other Corey guy has more airtime than uh, – fake Corey has more airtime than real Corey. I mean, there's got to be a problem with that. Who's the real Corey? God. Who's the Pop bad? Popcorn muscles. So, Andy, radar watch. Who who are you thinking? My radar watch – I mean, there's there's a couple good options. Um, And I thought this was who you were going to take, Trev, because we did allude to it earlier. My radar watch is going to be CT. I mean, that guy, the, the only time that I've ever seen someone who is a threat, who is a physical threat, who's a smart person, fly under the radar this, like, low, was Landon. And Landon won that season with Carly in Fresh Meat too. So, like, and again, like, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and say, say CT is going to win it all. But CT has been so non-existent this season that you really do forget he's on it. Yeah. Uh, I see some people in the chat writing Casey as a potential radar watch. You know, the thing about Casey is I feel like just every episode, and she doesn't even do it every episode, she'll just repeat the rules, and it's just engraved in my head for whatever reason. So I feel like she's always on my screen. Even though she might not even show up for the next four episodes, I'm always like, oh, did you guys see Casey repeat the rules? Like, that is just engraved in my head. So it's probably a great pick, a great honorable mention, but I just, I for whatever reason, that's just engraved in my head with her. Yeah, yeah, Casey is a good mention. Um I was thinking about Ed as well. I think my pick for Radar Watch is going to be – it's kind of hard to miss this person, but I did miss this person tonight – is going to be Anissa. Because Anissa, she might have had zero max one confessionals tonight. Um, she hasn't really done anything in a while. Um, first episode, I think she won it, and they were talking about you know the note and all that shit. And basically since then – I think we saw a couple shots of her like talking to people, eating some snacks, but like she hasn't like been talking to anybody tonight. She had no screen time. She was kind of in the background. Logan, her partner, is kind of on radar watch too, besides the whole big T romance. But Alex, did we like like I said, did we see her during the elimination? Did someone check to make sure she got down? <laughs> Stop. Who's Logan? 
God, you know from uh, Zoe 101, really? you know, curly hair. Denise's like... oh. partner's not actually named Logan. I mean, forget that. There's so many rookies on this season. All right. Wow. So, so I, I, I say we get into MVP, LVP. Um, but what I want to do while we give the fans a chance to give us their order of what we should do, I want I just I haven't been able to bring this up tonight. It's a very simple question for the two of you. I just want to hear your answers, hear your explanations while the chat gives us the order for MVP LVP. Is we're four episodes deep. We still had no veterans lose an elimination. We had Nam go home. We had no veterans lose an elimination. Who will be the first veteran to truly go home? That's the question. Who's going to be the first vet that actually loses an elimination and goes home? Well, my pick, because you guys obviously know I'm biased, and I said this during the preview show, and I'm just totally against this person, is Ashley. I just think she's kind of just, I just think she's kind of like – out there and nobody knows what she's going to do other person or i won't say another pick i'll let you guys choose but i do have another honorable mention so i'll give you my pick my pick's gonna be that pea brain fucking tight end fezzy and it's because and i said this earlier in eliminations, as far as we know, aside from the time where they had uneven numbers and they had to have a girls-only elimination, as far as we know, it is a guy and a girl, and that's it. So, like, if Fezzi gets paired up with that thing, Emmy, like, he, he might not be able to control it. He might not at all. So, like... And we all know how much Fezzi loves to complain about losing based on his partner's performance. He could get paired up with someone who sucks and go against two people who know what they're doing and get the boot. And right now he's got a big old target on his back. So it wouldn't surprise me if he got voted in. So even though I think he's a somewhat physical, somewhat decent challenger, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, Three catches, 80 yards for the entire 80 yards? 40 yards. Thank you. I, I think I think my pick, I think it's pretty chalk, um, but I was surprised neither of you guys mentioned her. I would still say lean big T just because yeah. she kind of ruffled the feathers and she's still yeah. kind of low man on the totem pole. Um, but, yeah, I just think that I wanted to bring that up because it's an interesting thing that we really still haven't had we almost had it tonight with Amber being finally being in an elimination, um, but we haven't had a vet really go home yet. So is this the longest season that I can remember that a vet has not gone home yet? I mean, we'll we'll be on episode five now. Probably. That's a good question. Our stat department will check that for next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. All right. MVP LVP time. What what's the order, Alex? I know you you were chalking it up. I think the first one we saw come up in the chat was Alex, Trev, and Andy for MVP LVP. All right. Well, Jesse Adams was quick on the trigger, so I think I'm first for MVP. Um, hmm. My MVP of the night. 
It's tough because I feel like everybody's just kind of all over the place tonight. But I'm going to go with Amber. I just think she had a very, like, solid performance tonight. She won an elimination, um, and she – a few things. So, basically, you just look at what happened tonight with Amber. She won an elimination. She upgraded partners to go from Josh to Devin. Not a massive upgrade, but, like, Josh. That's always an upgrade. And then what I think kind of is going to play out with the whole Fezzy, you know, going against her is that, like we kind of talked about before – it doesn't necessarily bring Amber into the mix at all. It just points all the fingers at Fezzi and says like, this guy turned the whole house upside down just because he wanted to get rid of me, even though I'm still here. And he pulled the trigger first, who knows who he could pull the trigger on next. Um, and really, I mean, I, we saw him tonight, like Josh was the one that did most of the fighting. It wasn't really Amber, um, even though she was obviously like pissed about it. And so I think basically we're going to go into next episode with like everybody kind of having Fezzi as like the main target instead of potentially Kyle, if they would just would have played it cool. Um, but I think Fezzi's going to be the main vet target now. And so I think Amber is going to be my MVP just because she, I think, boosted her stock a lot tonight. Yeah, I think great pick. Uh, I actually thought you were going to take mine. And I think this is the easiest MVP. And I already see the chat going at it. And I think like clearly me and Alex typically try to go for the the obnoxious, you know, random MVP LVPs that we look back on. And I think the MVP tonight has to be TJ Cellphone. I think that was one of the funniest things that we've seen on the show this by far the season, let alone, you know, in the past five seasons. Like the fact that the host is literally just sitting there like, okay, let's get the shit on the road. And he's literally looking at his freaking phone when they're, you know, these clowns are talking to each other. It's just out of control you know i see mikey the doctor right if only it was a you know the old school t-mobile sidekick they you see is and absolutely and, and you know something I'll, i'm kind of getting a little off the rails here how classic was the whole like t-mobile sidekick where, where you would have like johnny or sarah would just be like guys i got a clue on my t-mobile sidekick and then they would read the rules or whatever well they would like throw pillows yeah it was all exactly they would like kill whoever had the the clue and stuff you know that was just awesome stuff like that you know stuff like that is what the challenge needs to bring back the nostalgia of like stuff like that uh i was always a big fan of prizes too but that's for another time but i think absolutely the thing that stole the show tonight for me and it was literally up for probably you know two seconds max or whatever it was was tj on his cell phone i think that was just an iconic uh thing and you know maybe one of the lasting images of the season who knows Great pick, Trev. Great pick. Um, I'm I'm very happy this person fell to me. And I didn't ever think that I would be giving this person an MVP. Josh. My MVP is going to Josh. Yeah. I was, the I was goof. The goof. I think he's in a very, very good spot. First off, he won his heat. He could have won a challenge daily. And I think he has such a good like like foundation moving forwards. He's got all the vets on his on his side. I don't know. I don't think Fezzi, who is the only person that he's now against, is um, not going for him. like Fezzi. I don't think Fezzi's going for Josh. But at the same time, like everyone is now going for Fezzi. 
and Josh is now viewed as the vet who can like see both sides, who's like been a part of multiple alliances, but now he's all in on the vets. And I don't think anyone's going for him, granted, because he's a goof and no one thinks he can do well. But Devin, I mean, Devin was going up to him trying to form an alliance with him. Like that's that's pretty impressive for the goof. So yeah. I'm I, I'm very happy to give, I think, my first Josh MVP based on tonight's episode. Wow. Very good. LVP tonight. All right. Well, I'm ecstatic that I was the first person to pick here for LVPs. And very contrary to Josh being my first MVP vote, it will be probably my like 13th LVP vote for good old University of Tennessee tight end. Thinks he's the big dog, Fezzy. I mean, that guy is just, he's an absolute moron. He took a shot way too early in the game throughout this whole episode, even with the whole Kyle and Devin like kind of turning on each other. The vet alliance was actually in unison and actually doing a good job, had numbers, had power. They were winning. They were in a really, really good spot. And Fezzi was not only part of that alliance, he was also part of Big Brother, and he's one of potentially one of the like best physical challengers on the show. So the fact that he ruined two alliances with one shot and that shot missed, what are you doing? Like, you're such an idiot. Like, he got on fucking Cameo for ages and ages trying to convince me to bump him up in my power rankings for guys. This is the exact reason you're dead last because you don't win the challenge by winning a hall brawl. You just fucking don't. You have to play the game from top to bottom, whether that means eating something you don't want to eat or making like political moves to save your ass. He absolutely put the biggest target on his back. And again, I said it earlier in the show, he will not win this season. Hold me to that September 1st, 1051 Eastern Standard Time. Fezzi's not winning this season. He's an absolute moron, and I could not be more ecstatic to give him my LVP. He proved tonight while he's bottom of the totem pole on my veteran power rankings. All right. Well, I don't even know what to say about that. I'm just like, I'm just not surprised. I knew that was coming, and you know, I, I think the chat obviously knew that was coming. Um, so yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, my LVP tonight, and I don't even know how to classify this. I think I'm going to label it as a piece of Andy's heart. And, you know, every season, you know, Andy has been a Challenge fan for God knows how many years, tons of years, and he always falls in love with one person during the season. And, you know, last season, you know, we, you see the Jesse Adams of the world talking about Gabby, you know, when she went home, it was heartbreaking for him. And this season it was Michelle. And, you know, just to see Michelle go home tonight, uh, a very sad moment. I know Andy's very disappointed. You know, I think I just got to, you know, just pour a little, oh, pour a little out for her right now. And uh, we'll give her a nice little a, a salute to her on this season. So, Andy's, a piece of Andy's heart. Thank you. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? 
That's all right. So I'm up with my LVP. Um, I'm also I was thinking about how to how to phrase this, but I, I'm also going to go with a non person um, for my LVP pick. Jeez. And I think I'm, I can just sum it all up with one word. My LVP for tonight is going to be alliances. I feel like this is just a bad, bad night for alliances. I think the main two that come to mind are kind of two man alliances being Kyle and Devin. They had that big drama in the middle of the episode. And then at the end you had Josh screaming in Fessy's Fessy's face. Um, So like those two very specific ones. And then as a whole, you can see that the vet Alliance is kind of falling apart. The big brother Alliance, there is no big brother Alliance anymore. Um, So I think as, as a whole, I feel like for the first three episodes, alliances might have been the MVP or at least the vet alliance. But I feel like tonight was just a bad, bad night for alliances. So I'm going LVP alliances. Great pick. Anything else we can think of? Wrap this baby up or are we uh, good to go? I, I I think we're going at a pretty good pace. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. You know, I know coming into the season, we were very skeptical of the season. And um, I think they've kind of shut us up a little bit. And I like that. I like to be proven wrong by production and what they put on. And, you know, I, I do want to bring up one last thing. The thing that breaks my heart the most about the season and stuff is also the numbers that they're putting in. I don't know if any of you guys saw, but last week's episode was like the second, like, lowest attended or i guess what lowest viewed excuse me uh episode in the past like what was it 10 years 15 years i think it was like five hundred thousand or something like that i think that just shows you know the cast that they put together you know even though they're doing a great job it's just a shame like they don't have you know that top dog to draw people in you know even like a car maria or a bananas or whoever brings eyes to those screens and when you take those people away what do you got? And I think, you know, we talked about how Theo called them out for it. Uh, he wants to be back, you know, and a couple other people. And, you know, I don't know. I, I What do you guys think about that? If, if you're the challenge and you're looking at that, and like I said, I think the season has been a great season so far. And the biggest thing is your numbers aren't good. What do you do? Do you start going back to your roots and calling in the big dogs and paying up? Or what, what's your plan? Well, Trev, I, I – Totally agree with you. And it sucks that I do agree with you because I've said like, this has been one of my favorite challenges so far, like of the past couple of years. So with that being said, production's doing a very good job with what they have on hand. This is very much a head coach GM situation. The GM's given them a bunch of foreign people no one knows, and the season is called Spies, Lies, and Allies. No one knows what the hell that's about. Like, regardless of who's going into it, if you see the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, like, no one is that ingrained with it. Now, with that being said, based on how much production has been, like, falling their asses off so far – if this were fresh meat three, I'm out. All right, thank you guys for. Uh, we would we would not be seeing these types of numbers. God. I guarantee it. 
That's that's all I'm going to say. Fresh Meat 3 would have raised the numbers, even with the same set of cast. Like, if you would have brought on everyone as just a rookie, Fresh Meat 3 puts asses in seats. Wait, sorry. I accidentally clicked on something. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, honorable mention for MVP tonight has honestly been the chat. I think you guys have been absolutely killing it tonight. Um, last thing I want from the chat real quick. Um, Polly versus Andy in a hall brawl. Who wins? Let us know. Uh, I believe I think Polly would smack him. But, you know, that's just my opinion. So thank you guys for listening to it. You can follow us on Twitter at stir the pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at stir underscore the underscore pod. Thank you guys. I would love you guys. Shout out Duffy. Bye-bye. Love you guys. Thank <laughs> you.